to the Premier League this weekend as Liverpool will host the easiest game of their season as Cardiff City come to visit Saturday at 10 a.m. Chelsea will travel to Burnley Sunday to get us started. Arsenal will travel to Crystal Palace also at 9.30 on Sunday. Manchester United will host Everton and attempt to get their season somewhat back on track. And finally, the big game of the weekend isn't on the weekend. It'll be Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as Tottenham will host Manchester City at Wembley. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Andrew is off tonight for the preview. Javier, what's up, man? What's up, man? Pretty good. Had a, had a day off today. Was able to get some errands done. Oh, so you got all your research for the uh, for the pod done. You're going to get every pick right. You're uh, you've got a great feel for this week's. Yeah, of course. I mean, as usual, yeah. I mean, I'm top of the predictions table. So, you know. Okay, one thing I will I will say I am very pleased about about like rejigging the format somewhat is that we're all pretty close. It's like you obviously yeah. you have five points. Me and Andrew are tied on four. No one's had more than like a one point lead at the top. I think I had two from like, I don't know. I can't keep track of like the scores in the past, but yeah, it's close and we're uh, doing a decent job. And uh, let's get started with uh, those predictions. We're actually going to start with Brighton hosting Wolves. There's no 7.30 a.m. game this Saturday. It's going to be in the 10 a.m. time slot on Saturday. Andrew has 1-1. I have 2-1 Brighton. Javier, you're in agreement with me. But this is a, this was a tricky one to pick. Andrew pointed that out before I got the chance to take a look at these and kind of agreed yeah, with that. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm actually not that confident in 2-1 Brighton now that you're just think just now thinking about it a little more just because, yeah, Wolves have been – I mean, they've just been awesome home and away this season. They, they, haven't, they haven't been blown out once. You know, there hasn't been a game where they – well, the 2 no loss at home last week to uh, Yeah, Watford. that was probably the closest thing, right? Right. They had been unbeaten at home until then. Uh, they've got, had maybe one or two impressive away wins. I think they, they won like at Crystal Palace before that. Exactly. Uh, so I think this is a, a different a different level for them to go away to and get a win. I, I would be really surprised if Wolves went and won at Brighton because they're fairly decent at home against uh, most of the teams around yeah, them. Yeah, in the Premier League. teams around them, exactly. I do worry a bit about Glenn Murray. He was in, uh, he had the kind of like a collision last week, and there's doubts about him, maybe like with a concussion or something, not being able to play. Uh, so that kind of worries me for the two-one pick. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I kind of worry about just Wolves' like goal scoring ability. We've talked about like the teams down at the bottom of the table, like uh, Huddersfield and Cardiff. Like where are the goals coming from them? Wolves have a similar problem. They've kind of made up for it by spreading their goals around a lot this year. They have nine goals in the Premier League, uh, scored by eight different players. Raul Jimenez is the only one that has more than one. He's got two. So uh, there's no reliable goal threat right now. Like if you ask me, like who do I think was most likely to score? I would say Jimenez, and then maybe after that, Ruben Neves uh, from midfield. Again, yeah, I mean they're, they're wingers, Hazard Costa and uh, Diego Yota. Provide some goal threat. I mean, they'll probably they'll probably both pick up you know four or five goals this year each. Is and that really enough though for a team? No, that some people probably are talking not. About and I think that's like why Wolves eight. won't make it into the top eight, and why they'll probably fall off this year is just probably their their goal scoring output. But I think just defensively, that's that's what they're basing their game around. They're playing a three four three, and I mean they're obviously trying to stay solid at the back and in the midfield before they get their attack going. So. You know, I think that's that's their style, and I think it's going to be able to get them maybe away draws um, in games like this, or even you know, like one nil away wins, like we've seen them do already. It's a type of thing that this type of play style can get. I wouldn't be surprised to see Wolves get a result here, but I think that that Watford result last week will 
carry on into this week, and I think Brighton are, are, are in good form, and Wolves are maybe on a little bit of a slump. So that's why I have that's why I have Brighton winning two one as well. Yeah, I don't think it's too much of a like an insult to Wolves to say that like a little bump in their season is probably like right on schedule for right now. Where they've started really well, I think they were like the sixth or fifth best uh, start to a season in the Premier League era. I saw uh, through like the first eight or nine games. Great record for them, but obviously, as you mentioned, they lost last week, and uh, I think they're going to lose again this week. I-, I just want to touch on Brighton very quickly. A player that I'd been really impressed with that uh, we were kind of talking about one day when we were like watching highlights or when we were watching uh, like highlights during halftime or something was. Uh, Kayal in their midfield, the uh, Israeli midfielder, who I, I think I'd heard of him last season, but he hadn't really played too much. They mostly went with a midfield pivot of uh, Davy Proper and uh, and Stevens was their other midfielder. And those were two kind of very like safe, like defensive, shuttling kind of players. Kayal gives them a little bit more of like a drive from midfield where he can bring the ball forward. And he obviously got a goal last week against Newcastle off a set piece. So He's a pretty useful, like, new factor to their team. And obviously, Glenn Murray continuing to score goals and uh, make me look like an asshole for my uh, preseason prediction that he would fall off. Uh, that, that's obviously helping them have a good season again. But let's move on. Uh, Fulham will host Bournemouth in the next of the 10 a.m. games. Uh, Andrew has 2-0 Bournemouth going away from home and continuing Fulham's uh, doubts. Uh, I have 3-1 Bournemouth. And Javier has 2-2. 2-2. Wow, you're... You're trusting Fulham a lot here. No, they've been they've been still decent at home this year. I don't I don't think that they're just gonna get blown away by Bournemouth. And I think this Bournemouth side are so erratic this year that I think it's gonna be probably a fun game to watch. I'm sure there's gonna be goals on both sides and leaky defense and yeah, I don't know. I, I still I think Fulham can put a couple goals past Bournemouth easily. They they're they're still no slouch in in attack and as bad as their defense is you know, probably the worst in the league. I still think that they're going to get wins at home and they're going to get points at home from from the goals that they score. And, and I think this is going to be one of the teams they do it against. All right, let's move on to Liverpool, who will host Cardiff at uh, 10 a.m. also on Saturday. Let's throw it now to Andrew, who has uh, some thoughts after Liverpool's Champions League win today. All right, what's up, guys? It's Andrew here, live in New York. Actually, just walking out of work here. Uh, Liverpool take on Cardiff, 10 o'clock Saturday. Uh, a couple thoughts. Team looked good today. Exactly what they needed. A 4-0 thrashing of Red Star at home. Salah gets on the board twice. Salah, uh, Sadio Mane and Roberto Firmino also finding the back of the net. Um, Fabinho looked really good. I kind of expect him to retain his place in midfield, especially with the injuries. Loved this 4-2-3-1 that Klopp is kind of bringing in, keeping Shakiri in the team, seeing Firmino kind of drop into a number 10 role, and seeing Salah more as a striker. Definitely think we could see more of it against Cardiff. I think this is one of those games, again, Klopp is going to have another mid... Uh, this is the last test before Arsenal. So this is an opportunity for them to run, run the dogs out, Get everybody some time. Get everybody up to up to snuff, and then they got the you know the next big game. And uh, I think I, I know I put only two down in our dock, but uh, change me to three. I'll take a three nothing Liverpool win. Um, short, simple, and easy. It's at home, and then Klopp will take off the guys and get the get the secondary guys in for a little bit. Um, don't expect Daniel Sturridge to start. I expect Firmino to return to the starting eleven. He looked really good today in his role, um, and I think. I think this is this. I, I know we've talked about this, but this this injury crisis, quote unquote, that Liverpool are dealing with with uh, 
with Henderson and with, with James Milner is going to be the opportunity for Fabinho to come in and do his best attempt at what Andy Robertson did last year. Also, shout out to Andy Robertson today. Had an absolutely fantastic assist off the cross. Uh, Janis Mahali called him the best left back in, in the Premier League in, on Sirius XM today. Uh, love, love Andy Robertson. Just such a great player. All right, guys. Um, until next week, uh, I'm Andrew. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro, uh, at ASMOS92, at Ghost Gold Pod. Back to the boys. Thanks for that, Andrew. So there's not too much to talk about, I feel like, uh, from this this Cardiff matchup on Saturday. It's, as I mentioned in the intro, it's probably Liverpool's easiest game on their schedule this season. I don't expect too much from Cardiff. I, I expect Liverpool to want to continue to try and get back yeah, into goal probably scoring. Probably just form. damage control, right? They're just going to be like, "Hey, let's try and lose one or two nil instead of three or four. Exactly. That's that's that's, that's got to be the game plan going into this. I'm sure they're not we, thinking. We've seen them. You know, they we've can seen get them a couple times this. this season. They've tried to go at the top six teams that they've played, like obviously right. the Arsenal and game, the, the Chelsea game. And yeah. yeah, they've eventually gotten crushed. But like that that's one thing that kind of makes me think, are they going to go for it? If they try that at Anfield, right. Salah and Mane shredded. are just going to sh- tear them to shreds. So I don't really th- think there's any sort of chance Liverpool uh, don't win this. Andrew, as he mentioned, is flipping his prediction from uh, 2-0 Liverpool to 3-0. I'm going to go with 4-0. I've also Javier, got 4-0. Yeah, it could even uh, be 5, but... The second pick, you should you should do five. You should no, do five. No, no, no. I think because that's the second of the, uh, the first three picks that you've stolen from me. So are you just going by like stolen, Alex? Are you going by like the fantasy uh, soccer strategy of once you're ahead, all you have to do is pick the, the same, same picks, picks as you, yeah. and I'll always like, win? Yes. Mathematically, it's just like impossible for it's me. It's impossible to come for back. you to catch up now. Yeah, I'll just pick the same scores. I'll just wait until you pick yours first, and then I'll uh, then I'll pick mine. And that's, well, that's the way we'll keep it. Fair. Yeah, but that's I was doing we'll mine like fair. three minutes before the pod, so it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. I, I mean, I can just do that too. It's it's fine. I mean, <laughs> who's the laziest? <laughs> we can make that a rule that whoever's in the lead has to make their picks first, wow. so the others can base their picks. Oh, yeah. See, we're we're improving it at, at all times. All right, let's move on to the next game. A couple picks uh, just to touch on real quick. Southampton hosting Newcastle, also at ten a.m. Andrew has nil nil. I've got one one. Javier, you have one nil. Yeah, one nil okay. Southampton. You, I just no one. No one loves what Newcastle nowadays. Newcastle needs. Now they're hug. going down. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Fighting words. Actually, one 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 note about that Southampton Newcastle game. That that's actually a pretty big game, in the scope of things. You know what I mean? If this game was in six pointer. Yeah, exactly. If this game was in April or May, you'd be looking at it like, you know, this is one of the biggest games of the weekend. So for me, this is still at this point in the season for these two teams. You know, if one of them can get a win, it's going to be huge to get in between them, you know, because that these two teams might be that that fighting for that last relegation spot. So keep that in mind. Newcastle, I believe, currently sit bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Not great, Bob. Um, let's move on to Watford hosting Huddersfield Saturday at 10 a.m. Andrew has 2-0 Watford. I have 3-1 Watford. And uh, Javier, you decided to steal Andrew's pick this time, 2-0. Uh, no, I actually, I, I don't mind that result too much. I just feel like Watford have like a little gaff in them every now and then. But yeah, let's go to Leicester City hosting West Ham Saturday uh, in the 12.30 p.m. game. I, this is the game that I'm excited to watch, like, 
on the weekend. I don't know. I feel like these two teams, they always have a go at each other. Like it never, yeah, you're right. The Burnley-Chelsea game is probably going to be boring. So you're right. Leicester-West Leicester The Chelsea-Burnley game will be boring. I can guarantee that. <laughs> they won't want to play football, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, I have 2-2 for this Leicester City-West Ham game. Javier, what do you have? 3-1 Leicester. I think, uh, yeah, Leicester are great at home. And they didn't play too badly last game. And I think I think they'll they'll continue that this game. Yeah, Andrew agrees with you. He's got 2-1 Leicester at home. Uh, I feel like Arnautovic is just going to tear Leicester to shreds. That's just my that's just, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, let's move on to Sunday, bright and early, 9.30 in the morning. Burnley will host Chelsea. This will be going on at the same time as the next game we're going to be talking about, Crystal Palace Arsenal. So um, You better be putting the Palace Arsenal game on TV this week. Like It's been a, it's been quite a few weeks they've just been uh, skimping on the Arsenal games. Javier, I think you just need to get the message. No one cares about Arsenal. Oh, my. <laughs> we're bigger than Chelsea. Get out of they here. Show, they show more Tottenham games than they show Arsenal games now. Yeah, it's because it's the United States. You know. yeah, get a bunch of those. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, they are showing the uh, Arsenal game over the Chelsea game. Okay. Good. Good. They know their priorities. Well, luckily, I uh, luckily I pay for an NBC Gold subscription, and I'll be watching it on my NBC Gold subscription. Let's move on. <laughs> Andrew has 2-1 Chelsea. Uh, he, he believes in Chelsea a fair amount. I think the last couple times Chelsea have gone and won there, it's usually been 2-1. Like We don't usually get clean sheets there. So uh, I've one-upped him. I've chosen 3-1 Chelsea. Uh, the Eden Hazard is a slight doubt for this game. And by slight doubt, I mean uh, he's probably going to play just play injured because that's what he always does. <laughs> so he might not be guaranteed to play well, but he'll be out there. I, I, I can guarantee you that. Javier, what do you, uh, how do you see this game shaping out? Uh, I've got a 1-1 draw. I think that this is kind of going to be a trap game for you guys. Coming off of Europa Thursday and it's away absolutely at Burnley. a trap game. Uh, I just think that Burnley are going to, you know, they haven't gotten their usual nice result against a big top six side yet at home this year. And I think that they're going to bunker down and, and try and get it against Chelsea. And, and I see them, you know. Maybe getting a result against you guys. So I, I've got 1-1 one, one Burnley. And yeah, I, I just think this is going to be a, a really hard game for Chelsea. The main th- reason I don't think this is the same Burnley team as uh, seasons past is I think like the maturity from their from their midfields. They, they've got like a little bit, they've got a few more options. I think going forward in wide positions, Goodmanson, the uh, Icelandic midfielder, has been back and been playing well for them. But in the middle of the park, they've had to be playing like Ashley Westwood, who personally I don't really rate at all. He works pretty hard, but like technically he doesn't really do anything on the ball. Uh, Jack Cork usually plays in midfield for them as like a defensive player, and like he's decent, but uh, he, he's kind of been in and out with injuries recently, and not like not getting like a consistent run of games. If you don't have a midfield that's uh, going to be willing and able to not only work defensively to try and like limit Chelsea in the middle of the field, but also be able to do something with the ball once uh, your team inevitably gets it back and be able to play like well-picked-out passes to the forward players, you're not going to be able to have much luck against this Chelsea team. And I don't I don't really see the goal threat, like unless they start like Vokes or something and he just has like one of the best games of the season, which is possible, but uh, it's probably not probable. I just don't think Burnley are going to be able to create enough of like a, a of an attacking threat to really – like out outscore us, frankly. Yeah, I just think we're that getting that, two or three. That we're five getting two or three. From, They're not the same city. Burnley team defensively. 
Probably, but I just think that 5-0 from City, you know, they're really going to try and, you know, play defensively and, and not concede as too much against Chelsea. I, I think that they're going to, you know, they tried opening up a little bit against against City and got shredded. So I think that they're not going to make the same mistake against Chelsea. And even they're going to be at home, I think they're going to take a cautious approach. So I think it's going to be a closer game than 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 you think. I don't, I don't know if Chelsea are going to be able to score three goals on them. I wouldn't be shocked if it was like 1-0 Chelsea. Right. That would be a more – that was the other result I was thinking. It's either going to be, I think, like 1-0 Chelsea or 1-1. Maybe you're right that the Burnley doesn't have enough to get that goal against you guys. But, you know, they, they've been pretty decent at home threat-wise. They haven't scored that many goals, but they, they still get a lot of chances. So I fancy them to get one or two against, uh, you know, Keepa, who's under six foot. And they've got a bunch of giant monsters in there who – who told you he was under six? No, foot? I think he's exactly six foot. But you know, they, he's, like, uh, he's like six one. Yeah, but they have a bunch of like six three and six four player, like Chris Wood and like. When are they going to be in our box? And I, they'll be in there. <laughs> they'll be. They'll be getting. Yeah. They'll, they'll get a few chances. They just, they'll have to be extremely clinical. Is the only thing I'll say. But yeah, let's move on to uh, the game that uh, will be on the TV. fiasco of every single week. Alex trying to predict an Arsenal result. Crystal Palace will host Arsenal uh, Sunday at 9.30 a.m. also. God. Andrew has uh, 1-0 Arsenal. I have a 1-1 like, draw. For like the first like six games in our run, Andrew would like try and predict us to like draw or lose. And like he gave up after a while. But you, you've okay, kept well, at let, it. Let me, let I'll, me, uh, I'll, I'll give you let your persistence. You. Let me humor you. Let me humor you for a sec. What we were talking about before we started recording. I initially had 2-0 Arsenal on here because, like, Crystal Palace, the form is terrible. Right, like, what the hell they're are you too, doing? They're way what too is your, overly reliant what is on your Zaha. pick here? Like, right. Like, my, honest, like, ugh, my honest and probably disgusting. real pick would have been 2-0 Arsenal, maybe 2-1. You've picked 3-1. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like in difficulty level, at Crystal Palace and at Burnley are about the same. So you basically think that... Like we basically think the same of our of each of our teams. Like you think, uh, like Arsenal are going to go wipe the floor with Crystal Palace, and I think Chelsea are going to go wipe the floor floor with Burnley. So you can't really like fault. I mean, I can because we've and, won. And I've been. You've basically done the same thing with your Chelsea pick that I did all with right. my Arsenal you know pick. That's fine. So I'll point the it. finger all you like here. But yeah, okay. I did say going into these two games leading up to the the, the Liverpool match next week. It was home Leicester at Crystal Palace. I, I didn't know which one of those games I just said to you. I feel like you guys are going to drop points in at least one of them. Not lose, maybe like draw. And I, I thought the Leicester home game was probably the best candidate for that with how Crystal Palace are playing. But you guys obviously wiped the floor with them. So it's very possible you do the same with Palace too. I just know Palace are desperate. They're a rat backed into a corner. They, yeah, and we had, hate them. We hate we've them. We've had a so solid run of they've had a solid run of losses the, the last couple of weeks, and uh, it's, it's time for them changing. to start. It's time for them to pick up their form, and I feel like uh, their next three games are uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Manchester United. They need to get loss, some loss, loss. Even if it's like a draw and like a win against two of those three teams, and with the way. With the way United are playing right now, Palace probably think they can go and beat United it's, uh, during this. That's run. the only one they have a chance to get any points. And then they from, just think but... to themselves, "We'll just like batter, batten down the hatches and hope for a draw against one of Arsenal or Chelsea." And I, honestly, I if they don't do it to you guys this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it to us next week. 
it's a notoriously tough ground for Chelsea to go to. It's tough for Tottenham to go to. You guys have lost 3-0 there in the last like two years. Uh, obviously, that was during the Wenger time. Uh, we, we won't speak of that uh, yeah, anymore. Nothing like that uh, is ever happening again. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm putting up the, the argument as to why yeah, it's not completely just, outlandish know. to say to, that Crystal to me, Palace game, can play I just want to get this game out of the way, and I want to get to the Liverpool game. I don't – you know what I mean? Because, because if we win this game, no one's going to care whatsoever. It has no relevance – to, to Arsenal, but if we lose or draw, you guys would all you know be sharks and jump in and be like idiot Arsenal, ah trash Arsenal. We knew this would be Arsenal. Ah. So you so saying I, I don't so even I, care about this game. I want to move on to the Liverpool game. That's exactly what all your players are thinking. No, they're not. They're all like yes. we need to beat Palace. Yes. Palace are no, dope. They're they're Emery's keeping like, them all right, focused. Let's get this Palace game out of the way. Who who do they have again? Zaha. He's okay. But then after that, they're just thinking we need to go. We need to play Liverpool. We have to beat Liverpool. So they're going to overlook Palace. And they're going to slip up. Anything else to say about uh, Arsenal's Arsenal's matchup with Palace? No, you're you're pretty confident. You're yeah, like, no, what I don't, percentage I don't. chance would you give you guys of winning? Ninety. Ninety. Okay, that's fairly confident. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't. I'm not like not seeing it right now. I'm not seeing a team like Crystal Palace doing anything. Even even against even if we started like Iwobi and Welbeck, I'm pretty sure we would still win the game easily. So. The, the, the form of the team right now is such that I'm, I'm very confident in, like, almost anyone who plays in our front six right now and the depth of our bench that, I mean, I'm sure we're going to we're gonna rest players on Thursday and have a very strong lineup for this on Sunday. so Is there an argument for Aubameyang playing over Lacazette? Or do you think they just keep the same sort of uh, I think we'll see who plays structure. on Thursday. If, if Aubameyang starts on Thursday... Then I'm pretty sure he's going to start on the bench on the weekend and then just come on in the 55th or 60th minute like he's been doing. It's it's been working phenomenally. So I don't know if if you change that. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. I would, I would probably say keep it the same. Right. Lacazette seems to me like a little bit more of a. It's the right word for it. It's more industrious. More like a, he's more of like well a nuanced forward who will finish like on one or two time. Uh, Sorry. Opportunities, opportunities. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, uh, like Aubameyang. I feel like the, you need a little bit more space in behind for him. He he needs those luxuries afforded to him for him to have like a good, solid chance of scoring. But when Crystal Palace are going to be sitting deep and packing everything tight, I feel like Lacazette's like a, got a bit more of a cutting edge to him to like take advantage of those situations. Uh, but that's obviously a great weapon to have coming off the bench. If you guys are up like one nil in the 60th minute. And Palace are like desperately trying to get back into it. You can just hit them on the counter with Aubameyang. I also really, really like bringing on uh, Guendouzi. I mean, last week I thought, you know, we would go up one or two goals and bring him on. I think we brought him on when even when it was one-one, and he he just brings a calmness to the team. He brings a, a an assuredness to our, you know, adding it to a Jaka Torreira midfield just gives us you know, even that much more steel in industry. And it makes our ball possession go from maybe, you know, 62 or 63% to 70, 70 plus, you know, which is, which is awesome that we now have that option to, to bring on players like, you know, Gwen Doozy and Ramsey off the bench to, to when we get up, we can shore up the game. And, and if we're behind or the game's close, we can, we can bring on, you know, Mkhitaryan or, or Aubameyang or, you know, any of these options that we have right now, everyone seems to be doing well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I want to just keep this form up, get get these next two wins this week and, and go into the, uh, the Liverpool game with a clear mind and lots of wins. 
Who do you guys play in the League Cup next midweek? Somebody not great. I think it's okay. yeah, it's it's like an irrelevant team. We're gonna win it, you know, with our Welbecks and Enketias and <laughs> Welle. Welle, Welle, Javier. Welle. Not Welbeck. Let's move on to the late game on Sunday. Sunday at noon. Manchester United hosting Everton at Old Trafford. Andrew has some belief in uh, Manchester United for this week. I, I, I almost want to text him and ask, "Did you mean to put two 0 Everton? Are you like? Are you okay? Right? Did he put the? Well, I guess I mean, the right these are two slot? teams that he should despise as a Liverpool fan. So right. he I, hates. Honestly, it's a surprise he didn't do like a one-one draw like I've picked. Uh, yeah, he has two 0 United. I have one-one. Javier, how do you feel this game's going to go? I think two-one United. I think that they've. Not turn the corner, but are slowly starting to turn the corner. And I see this being a you know a hard game for them, one that maybe they concede first, but I think that their quality is such that, you know, players like Martial are starting to get on form and yeah, I just think that that, that Mourinho's starting to figure out what his best starting eleven is and, and if he can keep up that consistency then, then I see them. I see them getting a result here. I think that in the Champions League, I don't see Mourinho really putting too much of an emphasis on it. So I think like losing to Juventus isn't going to be the end of the world for them. I just think that now he wants to focus on league form and getting them back into into top four contention. So I think they're really going to be focusing on this game and, and getting a result here. And, it's and, not an easy one though. And, and if they on. don't get a result here, like what you have one one, I mean that's got to be. Pretty much it for like top four because you, you I mean I, I know I said Chelsea could draw but you could easily see a scenario where Chelsea Arsenal Liverpool and you know Manchester City all get wins this weekend and United find themselves nine to ten points back which at that point I don't I don't see a comeback coming you know not with this team not the way that they have not the not the coach they have so I think they really need a result here to to start building a little bit of steam in the league. I mean, Arsenal were able to get it like a 2-0 result, but it wasn't easy, right, when we played against them. It was those first – that first half was really testy, and they had a bunch of chances. So yeah, I, the I think Everton aren't the pushovers the, uh, that they were last home, year. That they, yeah. they have been for the last – I want to say like two years. Yeah, sort uh, of. They've not, they've not been great away from home the last two years under uh, Komen and then uh, – even Sam Allardyce, when he came in, I think he was able to like get decent results away from home, but they were never going away to the like the top teams and, and and beating them really. Yeah, I think a draw is honestly the best of what Everton can hope for from this. But I I, I do just kind of have like a concern uh, lineup wise because they've been playing Richarlison at center forward ever since Shank Tosun uh, didn't start the season too well. But Tosun came in off the bench last week against Crystal Palace. He got the second goal. It was like on the counter and like a nice finish. I would want him to start this game against United, so you have a bit more of a like a, a dominant aerial like center forward presence. Because with Richarlison, I, I feel like that works with uh, when you're playing against someone like Crystal Palace and you're at home and you're, you're seeing a lot of the ball, and you can have Bernard, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Walcott, and Richarlison just playing a very fluid front four system. But for a game like this and a center back pairing like United's. Lindelof's been improving. I was actually pretty impressed with him against uh, Juventus the other day. He wasn't terrible against one of the worst center forwards in the league, Harfold Morata, last week. So he, he's starting to improve, but I still feel like Smalling is, is something is someone that they can they can get at, and you want someone who's a bit more of your typical center forward for to take advantage of uh, that kind of situation. It's cute. Last season, you know, Chelsea and United fans. Just 
talking up Murata and Lukaku, but you know, it turns out that of of that summer, of that summer, Lacazette, Lukaku, Murata, who ended up being the best deal? I mean, Lacazette cost the least of all of them, right? Lacazette was fifty million. Lukaku yeah, was. A good buy. was but he was never going to go anywhere anywhere else but you. Well, maybe well Atletico, Atletico Madrid. Yeah, they, they, apparently they had agreed already to, to buy him, but. They ended up, you know, obviously realizing Diego Costa was available and ended up going for him instead. But, you know, I, I, I think that Arsenal's business these last, you know, couple seasons has been pretty shoot and it's turned out to be some pretty good buys. And on the same token, some of United's buys, which you would have thought, you know, maybe last year you looked at Lukaku and said, oh, this was a great buy. This year you're kind of looking at him and you're like, ugh, you know. Is this what is this what United want in their in their you know star center forward who's going to be leading the line for them? I don't know. I, I think don't, you, you can put know. a lot of the blame on Mourinho for that. To be honest, because what Mourinho demands from his center forwards in games uh, in like the really big games, he, I'm I'm pretty certain that he probably tells whoever he's got up top if Lukaku's not healthy, then it's Rashford or something or someone like that. He tells them. Like you may only get like one or two chances in this game, but just for this game, I need you to be just willing to run all over the place, fill the channels when we're on the counterattack, not necessarily be the one that's finishing things off, but like get out wide so we can get balls to you out wide on the counterattack. And it leads to moments like that, uh, that, that terrible cross that Lukaku had against Juventus the other day that was on the front page of Reddit and like... You see, he was running out wide to get the ball on the counter. He looked up and tried to pick a, a cross-field switch. It just didn't come off, and it made him look like an asshole. That, that's the sacrifice he's going to have to make uh, if he wants to play in a Jose Mourinho team. And he's going to go through moments like this where he's not <laughs> scoring a bunch of goals. But then there'll be plenty of other games against terrible teams this year where he'll just be given the green light. And he'll just yeah, be but is that is that enough? Is that enough? It's for, not. The, I don't think it's the best way to for, utilize him. For Definitely you know not. the like, starting striker at a, such one. a big team. I don't. I just don't think that if you know. I would he, just blame Mourinho, not Lukaku. Is my point. I think oh, Lukaku doesn't deserve yeah. to be that's, roped that's in hard, the though. same to the same category as Morata, who for almost a calendar year now has been absolute trash. <laughs> so let's run through the score predictions real quick again. Andrew has 2-0 United. Uh, I have 1-1 and Javier has 2-1 United. Let's wrap things up with Monday's 4 p.m. game, Tottenham hosting Manchester City at Wembley. Andrew has a, a nice little 2-0 win for Manchester City. I have a 3-1 win for Manchester City. That's just my rule. I have certain matchups that I always pick one scoreline and like two out of three times I get it right. And uh, 3-1 Manchester City is usually right. It's usually a pretty good score prediction. Yeah, I mean, I agree with, with both of you guys that City's going to win this game, but I think that it's going to be a little bit closer than what you guys have. I have 3-2 Manchester City, but Tottenham at home, uh, I think Tottenham are Tottenham and Leicester are the only two teams this season who haven't, who have scored in every single game. So I think Andrew's prediction of 0-2 is not happening. I think Tottenham are going to score this game like they have in every other game that they've played this season. So I don't see that uh, that prediction happening, but City are playing awesome right now. The first half of the game against Shakhtar, I saw the highlights. I mean, City created like a dozen chances and could have had like seven or eight goals in that first half. And Pep, Pep I mean, Pep was freaking out after the game saying it was the best half of football that he's seen at Manchester City in three years. So 
that's what lot. happens when you get Kevin De Bruyne back in the side and flowing and doing his usual stuff. So I think City are going to be flying. I'm sure that everyone there is going to be happy to have Kevin back, who you know at times was like their captain last season, and, and he's definitely the leader of the team. So having him back is going to be a huge plus, and I don't I don't think Tottenham will be able to handle it. But having Erickson back, having Son and you know Mora. More and more incorporated into this team, I think this Tottenham side are going to get better and better. I think once you get Ali back, you know th- this Tottenham team could start getting results like this at home. But I think it's just a little too early for them. And, and Erickson, solid fantasy pickup choice. Yeah, he's he probably gone down in price Manchester a while. City. He loves a goal against Manchester City. Scored in both games last year, uh, even though they lost both games. But that's not what you look for in fantasy. You just look for players who get stats. So uh, yeah, get Christian Erickson. I uh, yeah I tend to agree with you. I I noticed Manchester City ran out that or at least it looked like they ran out that three four three from the Burnley game. They ran that out in midweek against Shakhtar. Yeah, playing, they did. Playing they did. Mendy as a left wing back and then Riyad Mahrez as a right wing back, and we didn't really talk about like that formation and like how it worked last time. I'm wondering if they're ballsy enough to play it against a top six side, or if it's just one of those formations they're just going to keep in their back pocket for when they feel like they can have their way with teams uh so so that's that's something i want to keep an eye out for whether they uh, stick with that 343 or switch to uh switch back to the 433 that they kind of like base everything out of i'm guessing aguero gets the start right aguero didn't play a minute in midweek so yeah so he's getting the start yep yeah still, i just still <sighs> keeping him on my fantasy team i mean i hate that he goes off every in the 60th minute but i know in games like this Pep's going to keep him on the whole game, so maybe this is where he gets two or three goals, you know? It's just, it's, it's, you, you, you know that it's coming. Would you hate me if I brought him in? Huh? Would you hate me if I brought him in? Yeah, kind of. Like, don't bring him really? in for this game. Yeah. No, don't what? do that. That's, just because De Bruyne's back doesn't here. mean he's going to be getting fed balls and goals. No. Bring in Leroy Sané. He's, he's he on might form. Not start. His last four <laughs> games, he's gotten a he goal and an assist. <laughs> No, no, Sané's oh Sterling, that he's starting too. I'm sure Sterling, Sterling's probably going to start too. But, but last week Sterling was the most brought in fantasy player and ended up not playing one minute. So, like, I, I don't know how I that happens almost every week. The, the, like the most brought in player is always cursed. Like ends up having like one point when it's Harry Kane or like ends up not playing. It's just. It, Guys, just stop getting the most obvious players and go for somebody else. Get get someone else. Go go outside the box. Arnautovic against Luster. I'll captain him. How about that? Yeah, do that, Alex. Do it. Yeah, sure. Do it. All right. That wraps it up for this week. Uh, I wish the Manchester City-Tottenham game offered more to talk about, but frankly, Tottenham haven't really given us any reason to believe in them. So uh, don't get mad at me, Tottenham fans. Have your team prove it first. Thanks again to Andrew for sending us his little snippet for uh, the Liverpool game. Uh, thanks to Javier. Uh, have a good night, man. Oh, obviously, remember to go to our social media play- pages uh, at Andrew Passaro, at ASMOS92, at Ghost Gold Pod on Twitter. Uh, all the same handles on Instagram, plus Javier Rev9 for uh, Javier here on Instagram. And until next time, 